Welcome, everybody. Welcome aboard on Motor City Metrics Airways. Tonight, I'm your captain speaking. We're taking a flight to baseball knowledge land. Duration of our flight will be about an hour. This is your captain to make it happen, John Urkula. People call me Youp. The guy serving the drinks in the uh, cabin later, that's JFK. We call him John F. and Kloss. We're here to talk about the Tigers. Uh, just got done with a very frustrating loss to the Chicago Cubs, 7-6. to six. They rallied hard. Umpire gave the Cubs a few calls that we didn't like. That's part of baseball. Uh, but we have a whole lot of Tiger stuff to talk about this evening. Uh, John, how's it going? It is going good, and it is a good time to be a Tigers fan. Um, that's all I got to say about that. But it's going good. Raj uh, was at – he was posting videos with Scott Harris, so he was obviously down at the ballpark today. Um, I, he probably did stay for the game. Uh, Chris, we don't know where Chris is at. Maybe he went down there as well. Uh, but we got me and you to talk Tigers. Uh, first Monday show we've done in a couple weeks, I feel right. like. But There you I go. Mean, so people yeah. better buckle in. We're on our flight. Put your tray tables in the upright rock lock position, and let's get into this a little bit. Um, what did you see tonight? I mean, the Tigers are down. Had some defensive miscues. Got down four nothing early, but they rallied and got it tied at five. Um, but couldn't bring it home from there. Yeah. So in terms of the game tonight, it's a tough loss, but. If I'm being honest, I don't, I don't really mind that they lost tonight because I like to look at the big picture of things. I'm not going to get too worried about a win-loss when this team is still 10 games over, under 500. They're more than likely not making the playoffs. What I care about is Spencer Torgelson had four hits tonight, uh, an absolute no-doubter home run with an incredible bat flip. Spencer <laughs> Torgelson's OPS is now 170 points higher than it was last year. That's incredible to think about. He's still 23 years old. I care that Kerry Carpenter has an OPS approaching 900, had three hits tonight, including a home run and a double. I care that Parker Meadows made his major league debut, had, had a nice single, hit it, I believe, 108 miles per hour off the bat. That's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about the big picture, the long term. And I was just thinking about where this team was at a year ago. I don't know if you guys remember a year ago. Probably not because not a lot of people were paying attention. This team was completely in the dumps. Wasn't a whole lot to be positive about. Spencer Torvalson was struggling. I'm not sure if Kerry Carpenter was even up at this point. To see where we're at a year later, I know the win-loss record isn't where we want it to be. Uh, I think there's a lot to be excited about if you're a Tigers fan. And, you know, it, it might not have worked out this year for whatever reason. They didn't want to spend money for whatever reason. Um, you know, they had injuries they dealt with. They didn't want to be buyers at the deadline. They had a rough stretch. I remember the nine-game losing streak. It doesn't look like it's going to happen this year, but I think we should all be really encouraged with what we've seen. And I remember a couple weeks ago, a lot of people were saying the sky is falling, the Tigers were in a free fall. And um, I think a lot of people overreacted because this team has shown resilience throughout the year. And we've, see, we've seen over these last couple weeks, they have guys that can produce runs for them and, and hit home runs as they have. So I'm not too worried about the loss tonight. What I'm more worried about is – the Tigers seemingly have a very bright future. Well, I mean, there's a lot to be pulled from that. There's no question. Um, the nice thing about some of the good baseball they're playing is uh, a lot of it is built around players who legitimately have a chance to be part of the future uh, and part of future successes. 
when they, for instance, when they had a nice month, you know, back in May, I think they went 16 and 11 or whatever it was. And people were kind of happy, but let's face it, a good chunk of their success was built off the greatest month of baseball that Zach McKinstry will ever play. Okay. Uh, probably not something that was going to be a sustainable thing in the future. What we're seeing now from Spencer Torkelson, especially, and Kerry Carpenter and Riley Green, although Green was a little iffy tonight, that's okay. That's one game. Um, what we're seeing, though, is something they can build around. And, you know, as we look into 2024 and 2025, uh, we're hopeful that these are the kind of guys that can be producing runs um, uh, as they go forward and they're a more successful ball club. When you look at what they did this weekend, I'll tell you, it was really fun to watch. I mean, that was really quality baseball in that they played really good defense. They hit the ball over the fence and they pitched well. And that's a great, that's, that's a good way to play baseball. Let me tell you. And these were young guys uh, who should be able to continue to do that. Now tonight, you know, they, we saw the power again, Torkelson and Carpenter go back to back with two, no doubters. I think Torkelson or Carpenter's might even been farther than Torkelson's. Uh, it was really cool. Um, but, you know, the defense kind of hurt them tonight. But then in the in the ninth inning, let's face it, I mean, the Cubs, that double by Madrigal, I mean, he almost fell on his face swinging at it, and he somehow guided it over the base at about 70 miles an hour. And they got a double. And then Talkman, uh, you know, Brisky overmatched him, but he chopped it over the pitcher's head right into no man's land. And all of a sudden, the Cubs got two runs on the board. So... These things happen. Uh, that's baseball. It's a long season. You have frustrating losses like that. They still have a chance to come back and take these next two and win the series. Yeah, and and the Cubs are a good team, if we're being honest. They were a team I think a lot of people thought they were underperforming, and then they kind of started to pick things back up. They made some moves. Jamer Candelario, which you I don't want to get on too much of a tangent. I really want Jamer Candelario. Like I'm just thinking of him in the middle of this Tigers order how much it could help them. And he is a free agent. I, I really want to see it happen, but that's a topic for another day, but probably so not a lot of guys come home again. I mean, there's, it does happen, but you, I think Jamers probably has hit his way into his pick of a couple different jobs. So Detroit would really have to want to get him back and work to reestablish that relationship. So probably not going to happen. But he, he's looked good. I mean, he hit the ball hard a couple times tonight. Uh, Torkelson should have had that ball, but it was it was blasted, and it got by him. And that cost the Tigers possibly up to three runs if they could have turned that double play. For sure, it probably cost them two. So, uh, you know, Torkelson did give with the bat, but he took away with the glove. And that that's part of those, some things that he's going to be learning as we move forward. You know, somebody just said Kerry Carpenter is a stud. Hey, let's face it. You know, if you read that article last week, and we talked about it on last week's show, but we could talk about it a little bit again. That article in Fangraphs by David Lorela. Uh, I really was struck by his willingness to learn, uh, his the reality that he put on himself about how he played. He said he played like a 19th round draft pick in college. He deserved to be picked where he was <laughs> based on his play, which you don't hear from a lot. And uh, he decided to make changes and work. Uh, and, you know, if he is that kind of worker, that tells me that, you know, because there's an ebb and flow in baseball, right? He is setting the world on fire right now. 
there's a good chance he will have his struggles at some point in the future, but he just sounds like the kind of guy who's going to work through it. Uh, he, he, I compare him in my mind, just from a mindset, just from the way he carries himself to JD Martinez. I really do. And I think he could be that kind of hitter uh, just from the left side of the plate. And you told me, I think it was after the last show we had, you said, it's not where you start, Uper, it's where you finish. Uh, it's yeah. not where he started, it's where he's finished and the progress he's made. You're talking about having the same hitting coach as Aaron Judge. Um, he's a guy that seemingly has a chip on his shoulder, and I'm just incredibly – I'm glad he's in Detroit and he's found the success. He's one of the brightest young hitters we've seen here in a, in a very long time. Uh, 19 home runs this year and very under 300 at-bats. His OPS is 887. I mean – He's just been incredible, and we also have a guy down in the system, Justice Bigby. That's another guy. You see the comparisons there, and it really gives you hope for the Tigers' ability to identify talent and bring these guys up the system. Another guy I want to give a shout-out to is is Alex Fiedo, who yeah. only gave up two earned runs, and Alex Fiedo in the month of August has a 2.87 ERA, has given up five earned runs in his last four starts. That's about 20 innings pitched. His whip is under one. It's at uh, – 0.97. So he's 27 years old. I, I think you said the time was probably taken on him, but I think he's been respectable and it'll yeah. be interesting to see what he can do. He kind of puts you in that same category as Joey Wentz last year, kind of hoping he can have a good end to the year. Maybe he can carve out a spot in the rotation or as a long reliever, but it, it's good to see him continue to, to pitch well against a pretty good Cubs lineup as well. His, his, he really seems to be uh, that his command has been pretty solid lately. Uh, he seems to be, you know, uh, wherever the, the catcher has his target, he's in that general area. You know, he's not just in the zone. He's, he's, he's where the target is. Um, so he's in a good, he's in a good way right now. Uh, obviously with him, uh, he, he can be very effective and he has shown it in short spurts. It's can he stay healthy and can he stay consistent? Um, you know, when he keeps the ball in the park, he's a heck of a pitcher. When he only allows a solo homer like he did tonight, he keeps the Tigers right in the ball game. You know, I mean, Seiya Suzuki, he gave that ball a ride, but that was really the only ball that was really torched against him tonight uh, by anybody. So that was a really good outing for for Alex Fajardo. Um, You know, where is he in the future? I think that there's no question. He has every opportunity to – earn a spot in these last five weeks of the season or six weeks. Uh, he's probably going to get, you know, a good solid 10 starts from here. If he stays in the rotation, uh, he, he, he could definitely get a third, fourth spot in the rotation job next year. Yes. It'll be interesting to see. And another guy who could maybe carve out a role next year. is Parker Meadows, me and you, you haven't given our thoughts yet on the call up. Uh, mm -hmm. I was doing a lot of deep diving, some numbers on Parker Meadows in Toledo this year. He was hitting 256, had an 811 OPS, 19 home runs and 449 at bats, had 57 walks to 123 strikeouts. In his last 30 games with the Mud Hens, he was hitting 246 with an 844 OPS. Uh, Scott Harris made some comments today. He said he believed he was ready, obviously. Also mentioned um, his base running, 19 stolen bases in Toledo as well. And his glove was, was I guess, a big point in him getting called up. What do you think of the call-up, Uber? Do you think he was the right guy to call up, and, and do you think he's ready for this 
opportunity. Well, I think there's play. a lot of things going on. One, I think he was the easy one to call up because he's already on the 40-man roster and a lot of the other guys weren't that, that, that people are thinking about. So not that you can't create a spot on the 40-man roster. You know, like like they say in court that, you know, attorneys, they can indict a ham sandwich. I mean, you, it's kind of the same thing. You can find a spot for just about anybody on a 40-man roster. But if you don't have to, they don't want to. They like to hang on to guys as long as they can. So it was easy to bring him up. Uh, you know, I've seen him play a few times this year, and it's obviously a small sample, but he has swung the bat well when I've seen him. What I'm more impressed with, though, is uh, the way he plays center field. I have seen him catch a couple balls this year. The The cool part is they didn't involve a dive or anything like that. They were balls that were absolutely scorched up the gap, and he was able to just run over there like a gazelle and catch them on the run with seemingly no problem with ease. And these were balls that were absolute screamers. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of defender you want out in center field. And I think that part of it is they want to take some of the stress off of Riley Green's legs, put him in a corner where he'll have to cover a little less ground. Uh, it's probably good for him in the long run because, let's face it, as good as Riley Green is in the field, he's here to hit, okay? Uh, we, we'd much rather see Riley Green be a, a sustained force in the batting order than in the field, in center field. So if he can become a quality right fielder, and is a dangerous bat, then we can live with uh, Parker Meadows' growing pains in center field if he's doing a good job defensively out there. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a tryout in a sense for him. Uh, you know, we've made the comparisons between Akil Badu and Parker Meadows. I've also seen a lot of comparisons between Akil Badu and Matt Veerling. I don't really understand that. I mean, I think they both are going to play a different role on this team moving forward. But I, I do think it's a tryout in a sense for him. He is 23 years old. I don't think that the clock is necessarily ticking on him. Uh, when Scott Harris was asked about a calling up a Justin Henry Malloy, I, he did mention he only played, I think it was 15 games and left or right field. Still probably needs some work at third base. So I think defensively, that's probably where Justin Henry Malloy is being held back right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, Parker Meadows, he should be a bright young addition to this team. And just really make this team more interesting. Obviously, we have a lot of reasons to watch the Tigers right now, a lot of things to be excited about. But just having a new young guy up in the system, and he was a highly touted draft pick. He was a second-round draft pick. Um, having some new blood in there and, and a new player to watch and be excited mm -hmm. for just makes this season a lot more interesting. And that had a, a question that brought to my mind was, just overall, you talk about like the totality of the season. Do you think this season so far has been a success for the Detroit Tigers? And if it is, if it hasn't been a success, why do you think not? Well, you know, I, I and I say this a lot, but I always go back to and go to football and Bill Parcells and his old saying is, "You are what your record says you are." Right now, they are eleven games under five hundred, so that's where they are as a team. Um, that they deserve to be. They have a run differential almost a negative close to negative 100. So obviously they have a lot of work to do. But I said from the beginning, back last winter, this season to me, since they didn't add a lot of quality pieces in free agency or trade, this season really becomes what does Riley Green grow into? What does Spencer Torkelson grow into? Uh, and now we're seeing that when healthy, Riley Green can be a force. And 
I think that he's only going to get better. Um, sometimes his swing looks a little long to me, but then all of a sudden he'll he'll smack three line drives and then shut me up. Uh, I think he looks great. He, he's hit some incredible missiles too for when he when he has it a home run. Uh, so that is on track. Uh, obviously, we just need him to stay healthy. That's that's something he's got to prove over the long run. Spencer Torkelson started to hit the ball hard early this year and got no results, and it was it was very frustrating. I'm sure for him more than anybody, uh, but for us too as as fans. But now we're seeing the ball leave the yard. Uh, we're seeing him do it consistently. We're seeing him not miss um, the the average heater down the middle. Uh, we're seeing him absolutely destroy some breaking balls. Uh, lots of good things. So if I go back to what I said last winter, then yes, this season is is starting to edge toward being a success only because they are building a quality lineup potentially that they can go to war with next year and win some baseball games and not rely on winning two to one and three to two. They can start winning some of these games. You know, tonight they lost seven, six, but uh, you can definitely see they're going to start winning some of these games, seven to six and six to five. Yeah. And just, we were going to talk about the, the guardian series. The guardians were the team that won a division last year. And I can say, I think the Tigers are a better team than the Cleveland Guardians. Now, we know the Guardians have had some injuries. Shane Bieber obviously went down. But, I mean, the Tigers – I mean, I saw a tweet from Valley Sports that said the Guardians had seven home runs this month, and Torkelson had seven, and Kerry Carpenter oh, yeah. had seven. And that was before the game today. So now yeah. Torkelson and Carpenter have eight. I mean, the Guardians, this, this was the team. This was the measuring stick in the AL Central. And, I mean, we could still debate if the Guardians have a bright future or not. They still have – a lot, a lot of young pitching prospects. They still have a Gavin Williams, Tristan McKenzie. Um, we know they can develop pitching. We know they can develop young talent. So I don't think they're going to go away in a sense. And you still have the Twins who are I, – I don't know what to make of the Twins. Are they really a playoff team? Or are they just taking advantage of a, a good situation in a bad division? But uh, it really makes you think with the Tigers, you know, them being better than the team that won the division last year, at least in my opinion, I think – uh, a lot of other people's opinions really got you wondering for the future for this team. And um, yeah. Well, I think what we saw this weekend, first off, it was great to see them go into Cleveland, win three out of four and really it looked like they should have won three out of four. I agree with you. They, they, they looked like the better ball club this weekend. Um, they were ahead late, you know, they were ahead one, nothing fairly late in the game. They lost as well. So they were close to a four game sweep on the road. Uh, in a ballpark that has been, uh, uh, you know, a torture dungeon for them the last you know decade or so. Uh, so that was great to see. Uh, and again, what I liked, I liked how they went about it. I mean, they they outpitched Cleveland, which you know, Cleveland's their uh, number one thing is pitching, right? That's what they kind of uh, hang their hat on. The Tigers outpitched them. The Tigers showed some power, something that they've shown very little of over the last four or five years. Um, and you know, like yesterday's game, they made several quality defensive plays with Javi Baez and Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson. So, and uh, I think Badu as well, maybe. Any? Oh no, Carpenter diving catch. So, yeah, are they a better team in Cleveland? Well, again, their record—they're uh, only about a half you know, game and a half behind Cleveland. They uh, guaranteed themselves a season series victory over uh, Cleveland with three games left. Uh, 
they don't have to put it this way. Are they better than Cleveland? I don't know. Should they fear Cleveland? Absolutely not. Uh, you know, they uh, definitely are on par with them. They can certainly show up on a ball field and feel like they can beat them anytime they match up. Uh, Cleveland does not have that many incredible prospects in the minors on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, George Valera has kind of struggled this year. I know they had a couple other guys who were hitting well, but nobody who's really top of the line, nobody who you would trade straight up for Cole Keith, <laughs> that kind of thing. Probably, you know, not even anybody you might even trade straight up for Jace Young. So uh, Cleveland is sort of right now uh, an unbalanced organization. They're, they have pitching. I mean, Gavin Williams, the Tigers will struggle with Gavin Williams at points in the next year, a couple of years. Uh, Logan Allen looked pretty good too. Tristan McKenzie as well uh, when he's healthy. So Cleveland won't go away. They'll always pitch enough to probably hang around. But uh, I don't think Detroit has to worry about them, uh, you know, in terms of uh, catching up. I think is now can Detroit move past them in the next couple of years? Yeah, I, I mean, let's just put it how it is. I mean, Cleveland's offense is, is just dreadful. I mean, yeah. I'm trying – like, you look at the Tigers – like you got to take it with a grain of salt. I feel like just because their offense is so bad, but you look at Tarek Skubal, Matt Manning, Eduardo Rodriguez all had really good starts. Uh, Skubal has a 3.76 ERA this year. Matt Manning 4.31, and then Eduardo Rodriguez has been really, really good as well. Really putting together a great season. So that was really good to see because you know those three guys hopefully are going to be a big part of the Tigers' rotation, hopefully next year. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean. Again, Guardians lineup is very, very bad. But to see Matt Manning be able to bounce back, to see Scooble. Scooble's been pretty up and down, I feel like, but to, for him to have a good start. And then Eduardo Rodriguez. And I wanted to ask you just the overall situation with him. It seems mm-hmm. like things have quieted down a little bit. Um, fans have kind of, you know, I think they maybe overreacted in a way with the whole uh, no trade clause. But he had a really, really good start against the Guardians on yep. Sunday. Um do you think there's still a chance he stays? Because I think he would be a really good piece for this team for next season and helping them compete for a division title. Well, certainly, if he were to opt in, the Tigers have no choice. He's back. So that's up to him. It's going to be his call in the end. Um, his deal for the next three years is, to me, extremely affordable. Chris Illich cannot complain at all about that contract. Um, so that won't be a problem. The matter now it comes down to if he needs enticement to stay uh, on top of the contract that's out there. Um, you know, it sounds like the Dodgers were willing to add uh, another year at 20 million to the end of the deal, right? And he would have accepted the trade uh, and that fell through. So that at least, if, if that's true, that gives us some framework of what Detroit might need to do. Because he has said he likes it in Detroit. He said he'd like to stay in Detroit. Uh, that doesn't mean he will. He can rescind that and move on at any point. That's going to be totally his call. Um, but if they, you know, with the contract that's in place, if they have to add one year, and only one year, at $20 million or whatever that ends up being, that number is, I think it's a reasonable deal. Uh, I I think this is potentially one of you, know, you have to look at the at the whole of his career, right? His whole career arc. He's having a wonderful season this year with one injured period in there where he hurt his finger, and it's been great. 
But then last year, he was a complete nothing. The year before in Boston, he wasn't great. He wasn't bad, but they let him go in free agency because he wasn't dominating. And then before that, he had the one six win. I think he had a, a, a by baseball reference war, B war. He had a six war year in there a few years ago. So he's kind of a little bit up and down. So, you know, you can't assume that the guy you've seen this year will be the guy you see forever. Um, but I think that uh, if Detroit needs to add a year at a, a you know, a semi-expensive number to make the deal stay in place, I think that probably be, wouldn't be a bad way to go. Yeah, because he's a guy I want to keep around just because if he wants to be here, and I do think the Tigers need to add starting pitching in the offseason. We've seen injuries are going to happen. You can't bank on Mize, Manning, and Scooble all being healthy and all performing at a high level for you next year. We saw how great the Michael Lorenzen contract worked out. I, I really want to see them add another starter too. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I think that'll be a big talking point, but to see him really have a successful season has been great to see. It's one of the best, you know, starting pitching seasons for the Tigers, probably since, I mean, Verlander's last full year here, for being honest. Um, it, he's really yeah. had a, a great season in its totality and no um, question. really dominated the Guardians. And the Tigers have had a good string of starting pitching over these last four games, and it's been good to see. Um, because we know the offense has looked better, but we know how important pitching is. And this is a good segue in terms of the guys who are behind the plate. There's been some action there, Youper, that we haven't even gotten yeah. to talk about. Um, we can start with Eric Haas. Um, he's been on the Tigers since 2020, I believe. This season he was hitting 201 with a 530 OPS. Um, really struggled. He was a guy that had a 20 homer season. Uh, a couple years back and yeah he was claimed by the guardians so would you want to give our final farewell to eric haas and just your thoughts on that you know he he played on a couple of bad teams which is not his fault uh but he played presentably well for two seasons a journeyman guy uh you know was never a top prospect never a top draft pick uh was available on the street when the tigers got him from cleveland i think for just scant amount of cash at the time um so he did the job for a couple of years but he's like a lot of guys he he reached his 30s and it looks like he lost a little bit of bat speed and for a guy who was probably just barely good enough to put up a couple average seasons you lose a little bit of bat speed you're toast because here's a you know newsflash for eric haas fans you know, it's tough in MLB. <laughs> These guys are pretty good. And if you lose just a little, man, you're hurting. And uh, we saw that this year. Uh, his power numbers sunk. Uh, you know, exit below everything else just uh, uh, all went north at once. And he uh, became relatively unplayable. Yeah, so 2021, he had 22 home runs. Last year had 14 home runs, but he did hit 254 with a 748 OPS. I mean, he was arguably the Tigers' best hitter last year. At um, times, sure. With, mm -hmm. Yeah, at times. And for him to be gone now, I think I'm not going to say it's well-deserved, but you obviously understand it with Jake Rogers showing some power. Jake Rogers has struggled a bit offensively, but then the Tigers do make a corresponding move, adding a guy in Carson Kelly who's a little bit older than I thought he was. He's 29 years old. Uh, once a highly touted prospect for the Cardinals, he was in the Paul Goldschmidt deal. 
Uh, Carson Kelly has really struggled this year for Arizona, and he only had 84 at-bats with them. He was hitting 226, and he was injured. 226 with a 581 OPS. Um, but he's a guy that had some upside. He had a couple of good seasons. Now, they weren't full seasons, but he had – in 2019 and 2021, he was a pretty productive hitter for a catcher. Um, like you said, a couple years younger than Eric Haas. Do you think this is a move that we could potentially see spill over into next year, or do you think this is kind of just going to be a filler? Uh, well, I, think the they, of- I think they have control over him for next year uh, if they want it. I think he's arbitration eligible, they, but they can also cut him in a heartbeat. He's gone. Uh, so they get a free six-week look at him here. Uh, they need a backup catcher. Uh you know, he, he seems to be a Scott Harris kind of guy. When Harris talked about him today, uh, he talked about controlling the strike zone. If you look at some of the stats from 2019, especially when he had his best year and he was healthy, uh, he, he had a nice on-base percentage. Uh, so he drew some walks. Um, so if he's that kind of player uh, and the Tigers think, uh, Harris kind of alluded that they had some things they wanted to work with him. They thought they could draw out of him. Well, let's see if that's true. Who knows? Now, tonight he didn't look too good, but, you know, whatever. You give him a pass. He, he, uh, it's his first game in Detroit. You know, he's, his life has been an upheaval for the last week. <laughs> so uh, I think he went 0 for 4, and a couple of those at-bats didn't look so hot. But it's one game. Who cares? Give him time. Give him the six weeks. If, 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 if the hurdle, if the bar for him to cross is Eric Haas' production of this year, he's going to be fine. Okay, he'll probably give us uh, give them a little bit more than Eric Haas was giving them over the course of the next month. So we'll see. And we'll see what Haas does when he goes to Cleveland, if he gets much of a chance to play and what he does. So tell me this. A little while ago, somebody posted, tough loss tonight. One of our listeners. Who was that? I think that was Tiger Town. Yeah, Tiger. You know, I here's the thing. It was kind of a tough loss. But you know what, Tiger Town and everybody else who's thinking, hey, tough loss. You know what's kind of cool? We were worried about a tough loss. We've had several years where, eh, okay, they lose a tough one. You're like, yeah, whatever. That's lost 98. <laughs> That's our 98th loss. Oh, well. Um, now the club is playing at a presentable level. They have our interest. They have some future it looks like there's a future and all of a sudden, man, you get, you kind of grind, you know, you kind of get kind of grind your teeth over a loss like that. It sucks. Uh, they could have won it. The umpire had a rough night. You know, I tend, I tend to defend umpires because I think they get a lot of inconsistent um, acrimony from fans. Okay. Uh, make, and sometimes some very poor uh, comments are made. I, I thought that Torres, was struggling tonight. He was very inconsistent. I'd be very interested to see what the stats look like tomorrow when they come out on uh, um, scorecards. Uh, but he definitely hurt the Tigers in a few at-bats. Now, I'm sure that the numbers will probably tell us he missed a few um, that hurt the Cubs too. We'll see. But there were definitely that Riley Green at-bat, the Austin Meadow, or uh, Parker Meadows at-bat, um, a couple others that popped to mind. Uh, Veerling had a couple that you know, he wasn't very happy about. Uh, you know that you don't want to put any blame on the umpires because again the defense stunk for the first part of the game as well. So, uh, uh, but again, as, as he said, tough loss it was, it, it, and that's actually a good thing for a fan. You know, as fans, we have a lot of scars 
you know, we do, we have a lot, if you're really into a, a team and you, and you live and die with them uh, and you're with them long enough. And if they're any good, they're going to have some crushing losses. They you know, every one of us who watched, every one of us who watched that game in 2009, game 163, they lost to the twins. One of the 10 greatest baseball games I've ever watched. It was a fantastic freaking game and it ripped your guts out when they lost. It was just the worst. I mean, that's a fan scar that stays with you forever, but you know what? That's why we love the game too. Those scars accumulate over the years and give us something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt, but David Ortiz, that's that's one I got right there. Oh, sure. Yeah. Shane Victor Shane Victorino as well. You've got Delman Young in twenty fourteen. We got a couple of them, but you know what? To me, a tough loss is the tough loss is you get blown out eight to nothing and you have a couple hits and the other team has a bunch. Of, that's a tough loss. To me, they played a very competitive game against a team, I think has a really good chance of winning the NL Central. And for them to come back and get down early and fight, I, I don't have you. I agree with you in, in, in some respects there. And when in a year when they're 11 games under 500, you're right. I think you're more right than wrong. I think that if we flip the script ahead two years and let's say they're a game and a half out of first place, here on August 21st, and they lose a game like tonight, okay, your opinion won't be so, well, that was okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, if they are really um, uh, in, a, in a dogfight down the stretch, man, those games are the worst uh, when they drop one like tonight, uh, especially with a couple of uh, bleeder hits uh, in the ninth inning. Yeah, um, but yeah, that was a good comment by uh, by Tiger Town, and also thank you to Bloodright who donated the five dollars. I didn't want to forget that. Um, oh, way to go, Bloodright! Thank you, sir. Yes, the sponsor of the podcast. Thank you very much. But if going back to like we were talking about Carson Kelly in twenty nineteen, he had an eight twenty six OPS, slugged almost five hundred, and only three hundred at bats. But that's still a decent sample size. And then twenty twenty one, seven fifty four OPS. A hit 240. So, I mean, those are very good offensive numbers for a catcher. We'll have to see what he can nice. do and if if he can carve out a role. But you also have Dylan Dingler, who Scott Harris made some comments on today. He's hitting 273 in Toledo. Um, only 11 at-bats, though, so it'll be interesting to see how successful he can be in Toledo. He is 24 years old, so I don't know if we see Dylan Dingler next year. There could be some options in free agency for the Tigers at catcher. Uh, we do know Scott Harris loves to, to scounder the waiver wire like he did with Carson Kelly. You know, Andy Abanez is another guy, so maybe they could look down that road. But it'll be really interesting to see what the Tigers do at catcher because they really don't look like they have a long-term solution right now. Well, the big thing with Carson Kelly, yes, as you point out, he's had two very quality offensive years. A lot of guys don't have that. So you're bringing in, he's, you're basically bringing him in for nothing to get a six-week look at him. Uh, his big thing is he has been hurt a lot in his career. Uh, he has not been able to stay on the field. Uh, does that mean he'll always going to be that way? We don't know. Um, but if they, if, if, if Scott Harris truly has talked to some of their people that they feel there's some things that they can exploit with Carson Kelly that haven't been tapped into and they find a way to keep him healthy, they could walk into a guy who could have, you know, potentially his third, decent season next year we don't know um but also they might just jettison him after september and you know dylan dingler is uh 
uh, getting on base a fair amount, uh, has showed some power. Um, I don't know what he's looked like defensively. You know, people like Raj and Chris would have to tell us more about that. Yeah, and I don't know. For me, you also being able to hear Scott Harris today, the video we got, it was really, really refreshing to, to see yes. him, to give the reasoning behind this and kind of get to see what's going on in his head and his view of this team. It was really, really refreshing and just exciting because I, I don't want to keep reiterating it, but just to compare this team to where it was a year ago. And we've seen we've had a couple comments about Spencer Torkelson. I feel like we just I feel like we haven't I know Raj was upset with us talking about Torkelson. I feel like we haven't given him enough credit for just how much improvement he has. I mean, he could push 30 home runs this year. His sure. OPS is 30, it's 170 points higher. Like that jump, if I don't know, most improved player, I think he's definitely in the running for that. I remember we joked all offseason, which Tiger is going to get most improved player? There were so many options. Um, I, I just can't get over the improvements that he's made the month that he's had. I mean, he's seemingly hitting a home run almost every game, and it's like we've become numb to it at this point, which is just crazy to think about how much improvement we've seen. Well, we know we've, we've seen a – obviously he is turning on some balls. Uh and hitting some tape measure shots. He's also shown, though, he's gone to the opposite field for that one home run, uh, but also a few hits. Uh, tonight he had a line drive up the middle. Um, you know, he, he's becoming a much more dynamic hitter, at least here for the last few weeks. You know, can he, can he sustain it? But he's not, at the moment, just a power guy. I mean, he's he's he's, you know getting a few doubles, scorching some liners down the line. Uh, really good at bats, quality at bats. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I don't think we can talk about him too much because, again, this was a big part of what this season had to be. He needed to show that he was the, the guy they drafted 1-1, the guy they can build around going forward, um, that if they're going to stop having an embarrassing offense, uh, he had to be a key point in turning the whole thing around. Yeah, but again, I just I don't mean to like gush over Spencer Torkelson, but just really, really proud of him because of all the criticism that he's taken and for him to work through it and become the hitter that he has has been great to see. You know, players hear that stuff. I mean, he he's not dumb. You know, he's a young guy, but he's not stupid. He had to know um what what was being said about him. Uh he probably heard the bust word associated with his name. Uh, when he's hitting balls 109 miles an hour and getting an out, uh, you know, because it's caught, uh, that had to be super frustrating for him. It had to be just killing him inside. Um, but he has found a way to turn that around. Uh, some balls are starting to fall, which we kind of figured would, right? If he kept hitting the ball hard long enough, good things would have to happen eventually. Now they're starting to. Uh, can he keep it up? What I'm really liking is, uh, he, he is, he's torched a few of those 93 mile an hour fastballs, uh, that he was sort of missing. He was falling off. Uh, and again, people, they, they, the announcers talk about it a lot. He is just, uh, uh, if you throw a mediocre curveball to him, good luck. That thing's going to the seats. Uh, and that's the mark, you know, people say, oh, he's a mistake hitter. Well, guess what? Every great hitter in baseball history has been a mistake hitter. Somebody throws you a mistake, you need to club it. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all I pretty much had. I mean, 
Tigers have two more games against the Cubs, and they have three against the Astros, three against the Yankees. The Yankees are four games under 500. It just doesn't feel beautiful right to thing. say. It is a beautiful thing. It just doesn't feel right to say. Um, was there anything else you wanted to go over? I know you wanted to talk about the, the AL Central. We kind of already hit on that. Um, well, just that, you know, they're 25 and 15 in the division. Pretty impressive. You know, they have uh, uh, three left with Cleveland. I'm sure they got a couple with the White Sox left too, correct? And uh, I don't maybe with the Royals. I'm not sure if they're I know they're done with the Twins. Uh, but they got a good chance, you know, of, of playing close to 600 baseball in their division, which would be if they finish strong with, with these last couple of series, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> so, um, uh, and that probably does tell us that if things, if, if they just improve a little next year, if, if one of their rookies comes through next year, if they add a bat from outside, uh, Casey Mize comes back, uh, there probably is the makings of uh, a division winner when it comes to their division, the central. And we did, if you guys want to leave some questions, um, I don't think we got any questions on Twitter, but we did have one from Deadly Ninja Beats. This is a good one. Nick Maton's future going forward. Uh, Mm -hmm. 26-year-old, was involved in the Gregory Soto trade, was hitting around 180, uh, was a little bit better once he got recalled back up. What are you thinking, Youper? Is he just going to be a bench piece for the Tigers, or do you think he's probably always going to be that 4A kind of depth piece? Um, moving forward. Well, he, I, I believe he has options left next year so they can keep him around and nothing is hurt by having him around unless they really needed a 40-man roster spot. But again, I don't think that will be a... I think they, you can always find spots on your roster. So I think he's safe to be in the organization. Uh, it really just comes down, is he going to, you know, uh, can he start hitting breaking balls? You know, they're, they're, they chew him up. And, um, uh, you know, it, he is probably someone who needs to invest his time in going to see someone like Kerry Carpenter's coach, not necessarily him, but someone like that. Uh, you know, one of those hitting driveline Academy, all that kind of stuff, whatever. Um, just devote your life, your entire off season to that. Um, save your career that way. Uh, make a change, you know, quit going up there and flailing at the same pitches you're doing right now. Uh, realize, Hey, that did not work this year. I need to get better. So really, it's up to him. What is What commitment does he make? Uh, I'm sure the organization will make the commitment if, if he's willing to. Um, but right now, yeah, he's probably a, a guy who, if he's hot, they'll bring him up. If he's cold, they'll send him to Toledo, and that's just kind of where he is. Yeah, more like a depth piece. And I do think that Gregory Soto trade, um, I do think it has been a success just because Matt Veerling and what he's meant to this team and what he can mean to this team moving forward, just his versatility, uh, a right-handed bat and and a lineup that looks like it's going to have a lot of left-handers. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see Nick Maton. He's still young, 26 years old, and he did have a pretty good season and and very limited at-bats last year for the Phillies, a team that made the World Series. So I wouldn't give on him just yet, but I do think, I mean, he deserves to be in the minors right now with the way he's hit. And yeah. another guy, if we're speaking of the Phillies, because we did get a comment about Andrew Vasquez, who, I mean, you pro- I'm kind of confused. Why did the Phillies, they, they they released him, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, they did. I think someone came back from the injured list, and they just needed a spot. And then I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's out of options. I, I didn't invest a lot of time investigating it. But he had like a 277 ERA or something like that. Um, 
you know, he throws all sliders. He has no fastball to speak of. Although I, I saw him throw one for a called strike tonight at 88. So his, his, his blazer is 88 miles an hour. Um, he's going to throw a lot of curve, a lot of those sliders, slider after slider. Uh, he's better get left-handers out. He did not get Bellinger out tonight. He got two quick outs, but then he gave up the triple to Hap, and uh, then Bellinger got him to to knock in the run, and it ended up being a pretty big run, as we saw uh, how the game turned out. Uh, but you know, he he's kept the runs off the board for the most part this season. He was out there for free. The Tigers are still in the mode again. Always have to remember, 11 games under 500. That's the third time I've said that tonight. We should make that a drinking game. Um, they should still be trying to get better, trying to get the bottom of the roster better, that 2% better guy. So they saw him out there. They took a chance. You know, even the other day when he pitched in Cleveland, uh, people were complaining about him online because he let the first two guys on base. You know, the first one was a three-hop chopper in the infield for an infield hit. Who cares? I mean, that wasn't... Can't, and then he walked a guy already came up and he walked him on four pitches. He had first and second and nobody out. And then he got out of it. He got, I think he went strikeout, pop up, ground ball, boom. Uh, he he got out of that mess. So I think he's a reasonable guy to add to the bullpen. I don't think he was going to, he doesn't put the fear of God in anybody though. So I don't know what his long-term future is. Yeah. It's just incredible. He has a 2.44 ERA right now. And you think with the Tigers moving on from Chase and Shreve, his ERA was approaching five. So to essentially get a left-handed reliever who has an ERA two and a half runs lower for nothing is just, it's crazy to me. It's the attention to detail. It's like you said, the 2% getting better. It's what makes, it's what the the Tigers, I'm not going to say it's what they're going to be built on, but it's really going to help them get themselves over the edge to find these guys, identify these guys. And like you said, just getting a little bit better that's a great point. When you when you when you compare him, when you have Chase and Shreve and what he was able to do, and he had a few good outings, but he had a lot of bad outings. You subtract him and you plug in Andrew or uh, was it Andrew Vasquez. Yeah, Andrew Vasquez. Andrew Vasquez. Yeah, um, yeah that's how, how how into him I am. I was reasonably sure his name was Andrew. Uh, when you plug him in over Jason or Chase and Shreve, yeah, you've gotten slightly better. And I think from what we've seen him so far. He is slightly better than Chase and Shreve. So, uh, and you want to get better at the bottom of your roster. And then in the offseason, hopefully you can get better at the top of your roster. And, you know, eventually that builds a winner. Yes. And we did say we wanted to go an hour. And we did have a, a question from Corey. Corey's left a lot of great comments and questions tonight about targets in the offseason. Now, I know this this is probably something we should wait to do, but you probably really do love talking free agency. Um, if, if you want to talk some free agency, I'm down for the next, I don't know, 14 or so minutes, but I think this is a really fun question. And it's funny. Cause I was actually thinking about this over the last couple of days. Youper, what do you think of a guy like Reese Hoskins coming to Detroit, uh, this off play? season, he could be your DH and you could move. I thought we Kerry want to carry Carpenter be our DH. Uh, well, you could move <laughs> Carrie Carpenter to the outfield. I'm just saying Reese Hoskins is a guy who's still relatively young. He's a yep. guy you can see that can hit 20 to 25 home runs. And I yeah, don't think you're going to have to commit a long-term contract. to. That was just an idea I had kind of like an off-the-wall target. I'm sure there's a lot of other guys we could name, but that was just something I was thinking about, and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts and the thoughts of everybody else. No, he's a good player. He's got playoff experience. He's uh, uh, been relatively 
you know, steady in his career. Obviously, I think he was hurt this year, right? He's been out. Um, so he's coming back from injury. Maybe that helps you get him at, you know, less cost, less years. He wants to prove himself. Um, again, I don't know what you do with him, though. I mean, he's not going to play first over Torkelson unless something goes badly wrong with Torkelson. Uh, I think he's proven he's really not an outfielder. Uh, so, yeah, you'd have to DH. Um, and that's fine. I mean, they're going to need a DH. I think, I personally think Kerry Carpenter is going to stay in the outfield in some way, shape, or form. I, 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 I think he's pretty young to tell him, yeah, sorry, you're just going to bat from now on. I think he's going to keep playing the field. I really do. Depends how much working, how much better he gets at it. Um, Matt Chapman's a free agent, right? Yes, he is. Third baseman. You know, if they don't feel that Justin Henry Malloy is a real third baseman defensively, and they don't feel that Colt Heath can handle that position either, then, you know, do they want to go out and get somebody like that who they know can handle the position and also might knock 28, 30 bombs for you? You know, that's uh, not a bad guy. So we'll see. I mean, he has some shortcomings too offensively, but um, that's a pretty good player. Now, obviously, I think we're always saying, you know, we never – we chuckle and we talk, you know, and we and I think we all know Shohei Otani's not coming to Detroit. But just remember, whenever he signs somewhere next year, that if the Tigers don't make an offer, it's because they chose to not make an offer. They could, and they could try, but they're not going to. I'll just shut up about that. I mean, <laughs> they, they could. We don't know if they're not going to, but – Illich has the, the 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 team could afford it when you just think of what he would bring to the table in terms of fans, TV, and everything else that he and just what he does. Uh, the team could afford it. Every team should be competing to get him, but only about three or four probably will in the end. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Um, we did have some comments about I mean, get Harrison is a no to Reese Hoskins. I don't know. I just think having another right-handed hitter that could probably put up similar numbers to Torkelson in a left-handed heavy lineup, you would think, with Colt Keith maybe making his way to Detroit. Um, and you, you hope Kerry Carpenter, like you said, is still young, can handle the outfield. I mean, Chapman, I just don't know if I trust him enough offensively, and I do think he's probably going to get overpaid with the with the infield market being as poor as it is. I think he's going to get a pretty long-term deal, and I just worry – how impactful of an offensive player he can be. And if, if I'm being honest, if you would ask me in the next three, four years who the better player is going to be, Colt Keith or Matt Chapman, I could probably convince myself that Colt Keith might be the better player. Obviously, we know he's not going to be what Matt Chapman is defensively, but I think offensively he's probably going to make up for that. Um, but in terms of like most important need, I still think I would have to go with a starting pitcher. I think that's that's number one on my list for the Tigers this offseason is get a veteran starting pitcher who you can rely on. Um, and there's plenty of names for that as well. Oh, yeah. There, there, there's going to be plenty of ways to go. And, um, yeah, I would say starting pitching. Again, it really depends on what do they feel. How many innings do they legitimately think they can get out of Casey Mize? Um does Erod come back in some form uh, with some kind of deal? Uh, Scooble, is Lynn Henning shocked the world? And is he right? Do they trade Scooble for bats? Who knows? Um, I would say most people would, would scream no. 
But again, tell me who they can get, and I'll, then I'll tell you what I think. Um, but if they were to trade Tarek Skubal, and obviously, yeah, they probably do got to go out and get an arm. But even if they don't, you'd like to see them add depth guys, you know, um, because they don't have a ton coming up through the minors right now uh, that are really on the brink, ready. You know, Matt, you know, Ty Madden's been a little up and down. Flores wasn't the same guy he was last year. Um, Jackson Joe probably still a year away, right? Probably not going to see him next year. If we do, it might only be for, you know, eight or 10 starts uh, as the summer wears on. So um, we'll just have to see where that goes. Again, the offense looks good right now, and it has for a few weeks, but look at the totality of the year. Where does this team rank offensively? Something like 28th and on-base percentage. Pretty far down in run scoring if we look it up. Um, this is still not a good lineup, quote-unquote good, okay? They have holes. They need more bats. So um, that's, you know, they need one. Of, they need Colt Keith to be the guy they hope he is. They need Justin Henry Malloy to continue to hit like he has in Toledo and find a home defensively that they can live with. Uh, those things need to happen. Why do they need, they need to, 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 to cut a trade for Scooble for some, some guys who can hit? Because again, we, we, we're seeing some nice positive signs, but there's work to be done. Yeah. Again, and I got, we'll see, and, and I'll, sorry to interrupt you. you Remember winning the central is a fine goal and it's a nice goal, but let's hope the goal is to win the world series, be the world champions. Okay. Be the best team in baseball. That's got to be the overarching goal of everything. Uh, and they're nowhere near that right now. So as happy as we are with the three guys who are hitting well, uh, work needs to be done. Yeah. And a guy Raj mentioned on the last podcast was Whit Merrifield, who, if I'm being honest, I kind of thought he was on the downswing. I didn't really expect him to have the renaissance that he has being an all-star for the Blue Jays. He does have a mutual option. Um, I think he'll be about 35, 36 years old. So he's a veteran, but we know this is a guy who can hit. He can run the bases. He can field. And if I'm being honest, you, I don't really know how I feel about Zach McKinstry being our everyday second baseman heading into next year. Um, so I think Whit Merrifield could play that role. He could play the outfield. I mean, I think he could be a guy that can really help this team. You could see him slotting into the leadoff spot, putting him in the two hole. I think he's a really nice veteran for this team if, if they want to add offense. And then, like we've talked about, there's some outfield options. Cody Bellinger, I think that's a bit of a pipe dream, if I'm being honest, just with the season he's had. He's probably going to want a big deal. Um, I don't see that happening. But, I, I mean, I'll just – I'll say it all off season. I really want the Tigers to try to add a, a front end of the rotation starter if you can get them uh, on a two- or three-year deal. I've talked about a guy like Jack Flaherty. I, I think that would be a home run for them. Uh, Michael Walker's got a club option. You could take a flyer on a guy like Noah Syndergaard, um, Luis Severino. He's a guy maybe could have a bounce back season. So there's going to be a lot of options. I think it's a really fun topic. But I do think if if I'm going to say one thing about free agency, it's that the Tigers are going to have to be a little more active. I'd say even a lot more active than they were uh, the previous offseason. If they really want to solidify their depth and really push themselves over the edge to win 85, 88 games, maybe push into the lower 90s, which I think is a lot to ask for. I think if they're going to win this division, it, they're probably not going to win 90 games next year. But for them to 
really compete for this division. I think there's a lot of uh, additions that need to be made. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, but I think that's all we have. You, if there's anything else you want to add before we get out of here, I know it's a little late. Well, hey, it's going to be a fun, fun week. You know, hopefully they can uh, rally here against the Cubs the next two nights. And then, uh, you know, Houston's actually hasn't been playing that great lately. Maybe they can uh, steal a couple from them. Should be fun. Yeah, and my only other thing would just be I really hope Spencer Torkelson and Kerry Carpenter save some home runs for next year. I'm really glad they're playing so well, but um, hopefully next year you guys they save some home runs. Uh, they save some hot streaks for next year um, to hopefully – Help the Tigers make a push for the playoffs, um, but I'm not. I'm not complaining. I just, you know, next year is promising. No one, John. We'll take them now too. Yeah, we will take them now. Trust me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll see you guys on Thursday, probably with the whole crew back. Uh, but for me, Uper, Raj, and Chris, wherever they are on this fine evening, uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you guys in the next one. Good night.